grab a red book this morning, uh, sing a couple songs out of it, then we're going to switch over to the blue book for a song, but 185, 185. One seventy six, one seventy six.
Blue Book this morning, 148. 148. I'm glad this morning that I don't have to walk without him holding my hand. You know, it's uh, those who try to do it, uh, it's not successful. And, I, and I'll tell you, there's a lot of folks who think that they've gotten through life, they've done a good deal, never had to depend on God, but the truth of the matter is they've gotten through the long-suffering mercies of God. And when they get to judgment, They'll realize they needed him all the time. Um, be much in prayer for those on our prayer request list. Continue to pray for Sister Gail's family, McAllister family, uh, in your prayers. Also, my grandma uh, fell and broke her hip. Just ask you to remember her, Sister Rhonda uh, Collins in your prayers, Sister Rhonda Robbins, um, Sister Barbara's granddaughter, or daughter Louise and granddaughter, uh, Brother Jerry, we give praise that they didn't find any more melanoma. And thank the Lord for that. And give him praise and continue to pray for uh, Darren uh, in your prayers as well. Brother Johnny, 
uh, belt, lift him up in prayers, and then my brother-in-law, Scott, ask you to remember him in your prayers. Any others this morning? Let's do remember all those that uh, received uh, storm damage yesterday. Uh, so remember that. Anybody else? Unspoken. Stand with us this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Ushers, come forth at this time. Father, we thank you so much for your love and mercy. Thank you, dear God, for allowing us to be here today. Lord, I ask you just to anoint and touch and have your way in our service, dear God. With each and everything that we do and say, Lord, let us glorify and praise your name. Father, touch the hearts and souls of each one who's here today. Those who can't be with us, dear God, just help them. Lord, Father, we pray for those that attend online. Father, that you just touch and guide there. And Lord, speak to their hearts and help them. Now, Lord, we ask you to just draw us close to thee and one to another. Bless the offering, dear God, we pray today. And we'll give you glory in Jesus' name. And amen. Once I was straying, all in sin's dark valley, no hope
One of the hard parts about being a preacher, pastor, loving his people, is preaching the hard messages. Last Sunday we got to preach because of Christ in the morning time and Sunday before that. God don't look through the blood and that's all. I love preaching messages that give us a lot of just excitement and hope. This morning I got to go a different way. And so I ask your prayers this morning and ask that you would turn to the book of Isaiah chapter 57 and then stand with us and we'll go to the Lord in prayer and then you may be seated as I intend to read the whole chapter this morning. Isaiah chapter 47, I said 50, 47, Isaiah 47. Father, we thank you this morning, and we praise you, dear God, for your many blessings. And we ask you, Heavenly Father, to help us today to do thy will. Nothing more, nothing less to come out of our mouth other than that which thou desires for us to say. Lord, I pray today, Father, that we would just lift you up and glorify you. And yet at the same time, dear God, let us, Lord, be willing to learn and heed the warning and see the coming, Father, the things that will come to pass, Lord, in this life, in our hearts and our homes, dear God. If we're not careful, we'll be in judgment and in danger. But, Lord, if we give our lives to you and follow you, dear God, Father, we'll stand with the blood of Christ abroad, shed abroad 
in our hearts and lives, dear God. And we'll be grateful for that, Lord. And we thank you, Father, and we'll praise you, Father, in Jesus' holy name. And amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Can I tell you today that the church needs to make sure the blood is applied and that we abide under the blood. Abide under the authority of God and His Word. Being led of the Holy Ghost to do the things that God would have us to do and striving to do our best to make sure that we stay there. Because God is long-suffering, but God is not tolerant. And I don't know if you've ever thought about the difference between the two words, but this week this has been on my mind, and, and God places this in my heart, and I had to think about this a lot. God, is He tolerant or long-suffering, or is He both or just one or the other? And God is long-suffering. You can find the word long-suffering 17 times in the Bible. And we did a Wednesday night study on that some time back. But you'll never find the word tolerant. It would be more tolerable in the day of judgment for Sodom and Gomorrah than for those who heard the word of God and did not heed unto it. And you think about this, where today is Sodom and Gomorrah? They've been destroyed. Fire and hell fell from heaven, and it burnt the cities to pulp. And everything there, gone, nothing but ashes. And yet the Bible says more tolerable for them in the day of judgment than for those who do hear the word of God and do not heed it. So the word tolerant is not found anywhere in Scripture. And the word tolerant means that I cannot do anything about it. And this is just Ernie putting it in Ernie language, all right? I can't do anything about it, so I'll just put up with it until it ends. Now think about that for a second. It does never change, and at the end of it, there's nothing to be done or said. I mean, it's kind of like when we've stayed over here in the, in the Life Center, and the folks down the road here play their party music, and it's 2 o'clock in the morning, and, and the Fort Smith ain't going to do nothing about it. And there ain't, I'm, I'm really not going to get up and go down there and tell them to turn it off. I mean, let's just be honest with you. They're probably not a crowd I want to mess with. But, but I tolerate it. I can't do anything about it. And when it's done, it's done, and that's all there is to it. But God is not tolerant. Sin, God is long-suffering with. But at the end of the long-suffering of God comes judgment. The word judgment's found about 294 times in Scripture. Aren't you glad this morning I'm not going to read every verse? But think about it this minute. The word judgment is found over and over again. And we know of one place in the Bible where we read this word all the time. Hebrews 9, 27. And it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. And that's the word we hear. And we, we, we go on and we think, well, I don't have to worry about that. And we just go through it. And we go through life thinking that God tolerates sinfulness. The Bible tells us that God does not tolerate it. He's long-suffering with it. And there is a huge difference, church. Because long-suffering of God comes to an end. Now, now look at the heating here in Isaiah 47. In verse 1 it says, Come down and sit in the dust, O virgin daughter of Babylon. Sit in the ground, or sit on the ground. There is no throne, O daughter of the Chaldeans. For thou shalt no more be called tender and delicate. I, I, I read this and I immediately began to think about our country. Because here's the deal. We've called ourselves the Christian nation. I, driving down here this morning, saw the bumper sticker on the car that said, God bless the USA. And you see them all, this, all over the place. God bless America. And, and, and I'm just telling you the same thing I've said a million times before. God would bless us if we would turn back to him. But we've turned against God. We've turned away from God. And we no longer heed to God. So there's coming a time of judgment, not just for the individual, but also for the nations. We need revival in the world. In the world, but it starts with the individuals. 
He said, take the millstones and grind meal under the under the lock, under thy locks, make bare thy leg, uncover thy thigh, pass over the river. Look at verse 3. Thy nakedness shall be uncovered. Yea, thy shame shall be seen. I will take vengeance, and I will not meet thee as a man. As for our Redeemer, the Lord of hosts is his name, the Holy One of Israel. Sit thou silent and get thee into darkness, O daughter of the Chaldeans, for thou shalt no more be called the Lady of the Kingdoms. Can I, can I just tell you, the Bible tells us Jesus said there's nothing hid that shall not be revealed. There's nothing that's silken in the house that shall not be proclaimed upon the housetop. And then we look at the last church, the church of Laodicea in, 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 uh, in Revelation chapter 3. And he says, knowest not that thou art poor, blind, miserable, and naked. Everything they think they've got a covering for is not going to do them any good in the day of judgment. God sees through everything. Matter of fact, the word of God tells us that all things are naked and open before God. Why? Because the word of God reveals the truth about us. The, the, the thing we don't want to think about today and the world is thinking that God is going to tolerate and it's going to go on or you and I have to even tolerate instead of thinking about this. The end of long suffering is judgment. And you cannot find tolerate in the scripture. So church, we really need to heed to think about these things. He goes on in verse 6. I was wroth with my people. I have polluted mine inheritance and given them into thine hands. And thou, excuse me, thou didst show them no mercy. Upon the ancient hast thou very heavy laden. Excuse me. Upon the ancient hast thou very heavily laid thy yoke. God brought the children of Israel into judgment, and He sent them down to be punished for a time. And in, in the punishment of that time, it was going to be that God brings them back out, tries again to rework, work with them. And here's the deal. The folks that they went down to, they were even heavier on them, not realizing this. We don't oftentimes see the example that God has laid before us. Why did the Bible say that Israel was cut off so that you and I could be grafted in again? Is because of their unbelief. And yet today we think we can do the same thing they did and the same thing they're doing and we're going to be all right. And it's not going to work out that way. Judgment is coming. Remember, the Bible says that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it deals with the righteous, how shall the ungodly be saved? If the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the sinners and the ungodly stand? It's, it's not going to be a good deal, church. It's not going to be a, an easy passing by. And, and I thought about this as I was studying on it and reading this here this morning. I'll be honest with you. All of these verses I had today, and this morning when I sat down to, to, to kind of uh, redo and look at things a little bit, God said, open your Bible. And I opened it up and I fell right to this chapter. And I started reading this and I thought, my goodness, how in the world can we read the Bible and not realize that God is not tolerant? But he is a God of judgment and a God of wrath. This world is not going to escape. He said in verse 7, and thou said, I shall be a lady forever. We was talking about this last evening, visiting with some of Nana's family. People today say our best days are ahead of us. We'll get through this and we'll be good again. If we just, uh, it, and it's been this way for years, if we get through this, this, uh, this uh, election cycle and we get a new administration or we get a new Congress or whatever it is, it's going to be better. It's going to be good. And the thing of it is, it never gets any better because we wax worse and worse on our own selfish lust. The more we get, the more we want. The more we get, the more we want. And then we get to a point and we think it's all going to be good because somebody else holds the keys. Nobody has the keys, church, but God. Jesus said he has the keys of death and of hell. 
He's got the keys. There ain't no other key. Don't put your faith and your trust in princes and kings. Put them in the Lord. Put them in Jesus Christ. Why? At the end of time, God is not going to tolerate our sin and just welcome us in. He will judge us. For the time that we've been here, God has been long-suffering. He said, Thou hast said, I shall be a lady forever, so that thou didst not lay these things to thy heart, Neither disremember the latter end of it. Now, now think about that for a second. If you jump over to the book of Acts, the 17th chapter, and hold your place there, we'll be coming back to it unless the Lord changes our mind. Acts, the 17th chapter. Paul was talking to them about the unknown God, dealing with them there. He started, or it starts there in verse 22. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, You men of Athens, and I know I used this last week, you men, of, you men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious, for I passed by and beheld your, your, your de devotions. I found an altar with the inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship him, do, declare I unto you. God that made the world and all the things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands as he need anything, seeing he giveth, life, giveth to all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men to dwell on, on all the face of the earth, and have determined that time before appointed the bonds of their habitation, that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. Now think about this. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also your own poets said, for we are also his offspring. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that God that think that the Godhead is likened to gold or silver or stone, graven by arts of man's device. At times of this ignorance, God winked at, but now commandeth church, not 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 calleth, not requesteth, not hopeth, but commandeth all men everywhere to repent. You must repent to be born again. If you think about it this way, it goes on and says, you were ignorant and did not know who you were talking to. But I'm going to declare who you is. He's the God of creation. He's the God of heaven. He's the God you need to worship. He's the God who gave his own son to sacrifice his blood for you and I. He's the God that you should seek after and desire. He's the God that you should live for because he is the one who has given you life in everything there. And then he says this, you are created again. You are the creation of God and the Godhead is not that of the world, it's heavenly. And then he said, at the time, look at that, at the times of this ignorance, when you did not know God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. There was a time when God seen what was going on and knew that we were not smart enough to understand, but now that he has revealed himself to you and I, we stand guilty before him if we do not change our ways and repent and accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The end of that is judgment. The whole reason Jesus did everything that he did in the sacrifice on the cross for you and I is because he knew that we were going to be judged. Not tolerated. Not tolerated. And go back over there again to Isaiah 47. Therefore, hear now this, thou that art given to pleasures. I, I don't understand, and, I, and I'll be honest with you this morning. I, I, I read the Bible, and I read these things, and I mean sometimes they just sit on me like a ton of bricks, as if I've never seen them before. But can I tell you, 
the Bible talks about this, and maybe maybe you disagree with me. That's okay, but but if you'll pray about it a while, I, I think we're seeing a little bit better. Only because of this, I think God, that God is is starting to pour out His Spirit so that you and I can actually see what His Word says. We're getting more knowledge in the things of God. We're seeing more. I know I am. I, I know that for a fact that personally, I, I I'm reading the Scriptures, and now I'm. There's things that are jumping out to me that I know that I've read in the past. I know that someone's preached in the past. But, but now all of a sudden it's just like, holy cow, how can we miss this? How can we not see this? And why does this not turn our hearts and our minds? Why does it not trouble us to the point that now that we're troubled, we realize that we've been walking waywardly or we've not been walking as close to God. We, we've been putting on things and we've been tolerating sin that God will not tolerate in judgment. And we need to get it out of our own lives. Therefore, hear now this, thou that art given to pleasures that dwellest carelessly. Yeah. You ever thought about that? What does that word mean? Don't be so careless. You ever said that? Or been told that? Don't be so careless. Something happens and, and now some, you, you did something that should not have been done and you've done it and it was careless that you've done it and you just wasn't what? Paying attention. You, you didn't look at what was going on. I mean, you, you knocked over the cup that's sitting right there beside you. And the only reason you knocked it over is you got distracted by the cup on the other side. And you did something. And don't be so careless. I know that there's accidents and things happen. But carelessness is being unaware of what's going on around you. Even though you can see it. And you don't care. You're careless. There's no value to it. You ever, you ever thought about that? There's no value. Doesn't matter. The Lord told him, he said, Thou dwellest carelessly. You don't even care. Thou sayest in thine heart, I am, and none else beside me. You know, you know there are a lot of arrogant people in this world who think it's all about them and my wife reminds me it's not all about me. And some days I feel like it is all about me. Nobody's going through what I'm going through. Nobody's dealing with what I'm dealing with today. Poor me, poor me, poor me. But then there's other times, you know, it's like this. They live as if they're the only ones in existence. You ever seen somebody like that? You're driving down the interstate. You're in the fast lane. You're doing 71 miles an hour in my area there. We're 71 or 76 or 75, whatever you, you're traveling there. And somebody comes up behind you, gets on your tail end, and I mean they're just following you like they are the only thing on the road this morning that matters. Or in the grocery store, you're standing in line and somebody gets in front of you and their cart's bigger than your cart. They're the only one that matters today. There's 12 items on the shelf and you want them all. Don't matter if anybody else needs any. You just want them. You're the only one that matters today. It's the way that we think today. America is the biggest, the best. We're the only one that matters. Everybody else can, can just fade away. It doesn't matter. But God looks at us and he's judging us harder than we could ever imagine judgments coming because we have been so blessed. And we've turned our blessings into lustings. And we've forgotten the God who created us and gave us these things. And by the way, church, it's happened with the church too. I was watching Brother Supal's service the other day. Now, I can't understand a word they're saying. He, he's not translating it to English for me. But I'm, I'm watching them as they're over in church. And I'm watching the video. And I thought, man, how about the day that the church was like that? They had the ceiling fans going. They had people waving their little bulletin things there. And they were sitting in solid wood pews. I'm talking no cushion on the bottom. 
no cushion on the back. Matter of fact, they didn't even have a solid back. They had the split back pews. The ones that was found in the old country church up on the mountain not many years ago, but used to be what occupied all the churches because the church was not concerned about the carpeting. It wasn't concerned about the softness of the pew. It wasn't concerned about whether or not it was a little warm. Now, they did have gas or, or wood stoves because they wanted some heat, but, but they weren't concerned about indoor plumbing and stuff like that. They were concerned about people getting saved, coming to the house of God, hearing the word of God, understanding that judgment was coming, and if they didn't get right with God, they would die and go to a devil's hell. And today we're concerned about everything but judgment. Judgment. We think we're it, but we're not. He said, I shall not. He, go, he goes in there, he says, Thou that dwellest carelessly, that saith in thy heart, I am none else beside me. I shall not sit as a widow, neither shall I know the loss of children. How many widows we got here today? How many children have been lost today? We've experienced it in our own families. The loss of children before they got here. Some after they've got here. Can you imagine a time that when people were so in love with God that the womb was not only blessed but bountiful? Told somebody the other day, they said, how many more kids are they going to have? I said, I don't know. And they said, boy, I'm a, I, just don't, I don't know about raising children this day. And I said, it's an amazing thing. We say, we don't, we don't think they should raise any more children, but yet we sing this song that says, how sweet to hold a newborn babe. And at the end of it, it says, this child can face uncertain days because he lives. How soon we forget that. We're fulfilling scripture. Saying, blessed is the path that never gave suck. And yet God said, be fruitful and multiply. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full. But these two things shall come to thee in a moment in one day. The loss of children and widowhood. They shall come upon thee in their perfection. For the multitude of thy sorceries and for the great abundance of thine enchantments. Now, now I thought about this and I thought, Lord, we're not. The Bible says thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. And yet we made movies about them. Proclaim them. We have a holiday specific to sorceries enchantment. It's called Halloween. And you get offended when I talk about this, but can I tell you the Bible tells us not to participate in those things. Oh, Brother Ernie, the kids love it and this and that and one thing. They dress up like ghosts, goblins, vampires, witches, wizards. I mean, think about it for a second. How cute it is to see them all bloodied up. Really? What about our enchantments today in what we call worship music? Brother Tom would say he's not doing the, the 7-Eleven, the same seven words 11 different times. He wouldn't do the 7-Eleven, and, and yet the worship music today is this, that you say that over and over again, and finally when people begin to feel the spirit move, now you're starting to have church. Can I tell you, it's sorcery, it's enchantment, and that ain't the spirit of God. He don't come by enchantments. He don't come by repetitive. He either comes in your heart or he don't come at all. And I got the Holy Ghost today. I got saved. And it wasn't by speaking in tongues. It was by accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in my life. And understanding that judgment's coming. I'm 52 years of age. I've been saved since 1989. And how many days in that time I forgot about judgment. 
ought to scare me half to death when we forget about judgment. We've got to be prepared, church. He goes on. I got a whole lot of verses over here I ain't even touched. Let's just hang on to the scriptures. For thou hast trusted in thy wickedness. You think about that? The Bible says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Not as they did unto you. Not as they thought about doing, but as you would have them to do unto you. For thou hast turned or trusted in thy wickedness. Thou hast said, none seeth me. Now think about this. Nobody knows what I'm doing, but God does, and God's the one who judges. Thy wisdom and thy knowledge, it hath perverted thee. Romans chapter 1, professing themselves to be wise, they become fools. They change the glory of the uncorruptible God into that likened to corruptible men and four-footed beasts and the fowls of the air. They change it. They spend five minutes telling us to give money to save dogs and cats that are in trouble, but they won't spend one dime on a commercial to tell us to save the unborn child. Remember the other day I told you that our nation, our, our government for the most part, is reprobate. Our president, his cabinet has decided that they will, uh, they will uh, censor any nation that makes laws against transgender. They will sanction them. The state of Oregon has passed a law that says that if you are a Christian, you are unqualified to be a foster parent or to adopt children. Because you do not embrace transgenderism and you're against homosexuality. And if you're not, then you're not a Christian. I said it, I mean it. They're making laws to ban Christians from being foster parents and adoptive parents because they're Christians. The persecution of the church has arrived in America. By the way, it's going to get worse, not better. The Secretary of Arizona to the governor resigned because she said that people who do not believe and endorse transgenderism should be shot. That's you and I, by the way. But that wasn't good enough. The press secretary of the president turned around and repeated the same thing. And said that they are here to stay and we've got to put up with it. And she is a lesbian. You hear what I'm saying, church? Look at what it says. They think nobody cares and nobody sees. Thy wisdom and thy knowledge have perverted thee. And thou hast said in thine heart, I am and none else beside me. And God says, I am that I am. And he alone is the only I am in the scripture that matters. I can tell you, I am going down to the store and get something if the Lord allows me to get that far. And if he allows me to get back, I'll be back with it. I am tending on, planning on getting up and coming to church tonight if the Lord allows me to do that. But listen to me, as far as the I am, I am is a statement that I make that I can do something. I am going to, I'm putting responsibility or privilege or whatever on me. But when I say I am, that means that I'm doing it. I'm not the I am. And they have said in their hearts, they are the I am. And by the way, they are not. Don't turn here. I'll give you, I can give you everybody who wants a copy of these scriptures after service. We'll make copies if you want them. Romans chapter 1, verse 18. Don't turn there. Just hold your place here. I'll read this to you. It says, The Bible says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. You stay where you're at. When you stand in judgment, you're in trouble. Unless you have the blood of Christ. 
Therefore shall evil come upon thee, verse 11. Thou shalt not know from which it writheth, and mischief shall fall upon thee. Thou shalt not be able to put it off. And delusions, now look at that, shall come upon thee suddenly, which thou shalt not know. Stand now with thine enchantments and with the multitude of thy sorceries, wherein thou hast labored from thy youth. It's, if so be that thou shalt be able to profit, if so be thou, shalt, thou, thou mayest prevail, Thou art wearied in the multitude of thy counselors. We go everywhere but God. Look at what he says. Let now the astrologers and the stargazers, the monthly procrastinate, pro, prognosticate, I can't even pronounce the word. Think about it. Stand up and save thee from these things that thou comest upon thee. That shall come upon. Let let those listen to me. You go in and you read your fortune. You go in and you open up and, and I, I can't remember what was that called. Your um, what horoscope? Yeah, hora. That that ought to be the real thing about that. It's a hora scope. It's a horror to listen to those type of things. Church, when you open up a fortune cookie, somebody slipped a piece of paper in there. And it may tell you all kinds of things. But you know what that doesn't tell you? Judgment's coming. Get right with Jesus. It's always something good's coming your way. You're going to have a wonderful day. You're going to receive. I see on Facebook something making me sick. I just want to. I, and I just knock them off sometimes when I'm scrolling. I don't scroll through there very much anymore. But, but sometimes it's like it says, your blessing's coming today. Repeat this and post it to your page. And I'm thinking to myself, my blessing already got here. And it didn't come by repeating and reposting anything. It come through the fact that Jesus Christ died to give me life. One said that there was money coming my way, $10,000. It promised me $10,000. And I, I thought to myself, man, I ought, to, I ought to do that and just see how long it takes to get here. What was crazy is there were some folks reposting that. Behold, they shall be as stubble. The fire shall burn them. What's happening here, church? Judgment. They shall not deliver themselves from the power of the flame. There shall be not there. There shall be. There shall not be a coal to warm it, nor a fire to sit before it. Thus shall be, they be unto thee, whom thou hast labored. Even thy merchants from thy youth, they shall wander every one to his quarter. None shall save thee. Galatians 6, 7 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he reap. He that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life. Everlasting. Second Peter chapter two, Second Peter chapter three, verse nine. The Lord is not slack concerning His promises, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And the last one I'll read to you this morning comes from Revelations chapter three. Again, the Church of Laodicea, the last part of it. Verse 19, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. When I read this, I thought about this thought. How many of us have ever been convicted? How many of us are still feeling, at times, conviction from God? And you know what? If you don't feel any conviction, I feel sorry for you. You don't feel any conviction in your life, you're lost. And you're about the point of apostasy where there's no hope 
We don't think about that. That's not possible. But it is. It's not only possible, it's probable, and it happens every day. Because he just said, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. As long as God is dealing with you, you have the opportunity to repent. And as long as the child of God, God is dealing with you, it is necessary and needful for you to repent. People think when they get saved, they don't have to repent no more. If God convicts you, you need to repent. That means there's something wrong. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and sit down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, you can touch yours this morning. Let him hear what the Spirit saith. And to the churches. Can I tell you, when we look at the book of Revelations, when we look at the seven churches, a lot of times we keep thinking that's for the lost, but that is Christ dealing with the churches. Why? Because judgment begins at the house of God. And if we don't get right, we ain't going to win the lost world. And by the way, God ain't going to send people to be, a, and, and, and this, I'm going to say this very carefully. You listen to me this morning very carefully. God is not going to send people to a church that's not going to follow him and worship him and honor him. Well, Brother Ernie, they're going all over the place this morning. They're going to places that do not honor God. They entertain. They're self-feeding. And they, and they just live on that right there. And they don't preach conviction or anything sort of there. And you say, well, what about somebody? They're, I'm not saying God's not sending people to places. I want to know this. Will God be able to send somebody to our church if we're not following God? Why do we expect God to bless us if we won't bless him? So let's make sure we're right because God's dealing with the church. And when the church is right, God can use the church. I'm thankful this morning for everything that God has done for me. And I'm going to tell you something. This message sets hard because whether we believe it or not, judgment's coming. And if it's coming, and he said it starts with us first, we've got to make sure we're right in order to show somebody else how to be right. Would you stand this morning? Heavenly Father, today we thank you, Lord. We praise you, dear God. We ask you, Father, help us today to do thy will, to praise, worship, and honor thy name. And touch of hearts, dear God, we ask this morning. Lord, lead us closer to you. Father, deliver us from the clutches of Satan, clutches of those who think there's no need to strive, there's no need to worry, there's no need to ponder. We've got all these things are just simply distractions and lies from the devil to keep us from being where we need to be with thee. So I ask you, Father, today, help us and help me. We give you glory, Father. We give you praise, Father. In Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Would you come this morning?